Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We really believe the next 35 minutes will help you. We pray God speaks to you through this week's message. I want to speak to you about behind the veil. And uh, um, I find that oftentimes what God is doing uh, on the earth is behind the veil. It's oftentimes things that God is doing that we don't see. So what I want to do this morning just to begin is I want to look at two scriptures, and the two scriptures have one point. And I think that you'll understand what I mean when we look at them. But two scriptures, one point to both of them. Why don't we have a look at that? So two stories, let me read. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear, as you may be. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. In that passage of Scripture, We read this word, which I want you to hone in on today. It's the word suddenly. It's the word suddenly. They're standing in a field. They're speaking with an angel, which is pretty amazing as it is. And then suddenly the sky is filled uh, with with angels who are saying, glory to God in the highest. I mean, isn't it kind of interesting that it uses the word suddenly? Because how many of us realize that the whole time the angels were actually there? How many of us understand this morning that the, 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 the shepherds are standing in a field and they're looking out and suddenly what appears to be sudden often for us is stuff that God has already been doing, but in a moment of time it gets revealed to us. See, what feels sudden for us is sometimes just veiled to us and it appears sudden, but actually God is there doing it all along. Let's look at another story. This is a great one. You'll love this. Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants saying, at such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which one of us is for the king of Israel? So in case you're not wondering what's going on here, every time the king of Syria tries to do something, the the man of God has got this prophetic gift, which means that he can understand things that the king of Syria is doing. He warns the king of Israel, and then the king of Israel knows exactly what the Syrian king is doing, and he cannot figure out how he's doing this. 
And one of the servants said, none, my Lord, like none of us are for the king. He says, none, uh, my Lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who's in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Can you imagine how frustrating that would be for a king? And he said to him, go and see where he is that I may send and seize him. It was told to him, behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. He sends all the horses and chariots just to capture this one guy, because every time he tries to get the king of Israel, he already knows about it, and he foils his plans, and he's frustrated. So he goes, all right, let's just go get this guy. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning, he went out. Behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, I wonder if this is the edited version. I don't know if he said, alas, who says alas? If you woke up in the morning and there were chariots and horses surrounding you and they plan to kill you and the word that you say is, alas, good on you. Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he says, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prays and says, O Lord, please open the eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Wouldn't that be so fantastic that if you were in a situation where you needed help, suddenly your eyes were opened. And when we say opened, we're talking about spiritually being able to see things that have always been there. The word suddenly is because used in the previous you know, story that we looked at is because oftentimes things feel sudden to us. But what I'm suggesting to you this morning is that God is at work in your life all the time. And if your eyes were open to it all the time, you might be able to see what He's doing. And what feels like suddenly to you is actually something that God's been doing all the way along. It's just that what we need sometimes is for our eyes to be open so that we can be aware of it. Revelation allows us to see behind the veil because you must understand that what God is doing in our lives sometimes is veiled and cloaked from us. That's why we require faith to live. Because if we could see everything that God was doing all the time, we wouldn't require as much faith. The fact is, is that oftentimes we engage in situations where we desperately need help. And what we really need, I think, is revelation to be aware of what God is doing on the earth. This has happened in my life so many times. I remember one time I got sent to this, um, it was a year 12 camp. And we were told at this year 12 camp, these students were doing some study, that we, were, we could teach on anything we wanted, but we were not to teach on spiritual gifts. Okay, you got it? So when we began to prophesy over the young people, they were greatly troubled. But God began to speak to some of us that were there that day. And I remember one guy in particular, and I saw him, and God said to me, he wants to be a missionary. He wants to go overseas to Africa, and he's praying about it. Go speak to him. So remember, I walked up to this young man, and I said to him, I said, hey, God just told me that you wanted to be a, a, a missionary, and you want to go to Africa. And he burst into tears, and he said, oh my gosh, how could you know? It's like just like what happened with Elisha. I knew the prayers that he was praying in his bedroom, because God did something in that moment. He revealed to me something that had been going on. There is no way for me to know it apart from the fact that God revealed it to me. This has happened so many times in my life. I remember... 
even, um, I went for the most interesting cup of coffee one day with my pastor at the time. It was, it was Corey who used to lead the church before Sarah and I took over. And we sat down and we began to just talk about how our weeks were. And the coffee ended up moments later being asked to take over and run the church. And this came as a great surprise to me. Certainly wasn't revealed to me prior to that conversation. And I went home that day and I said to Sarah, I didn't call her, I didn't tell her. I went home that day and I spoke to Sarah, my wife. And I said to her, the most interesting thing happened today. She's already smiling at me. I said, you will not believe it. I said, God, I mean, I said, um, uh, Corey came to me and said to me, uh, would we, you and I take over the church? And she looks at me, she smiles and she says, God already told me about that. I wondered when he was going to speak to you about that. And and. In that, see, the thing about that for me is I don't even need to wait for surprises anymore. I just go to my wife. I just ask her what's happening next in my life or in my world. And she's very apt at giving me instruction about what to do next. So she's, she's very gifted like that. But, but the thing is, is that the, tr- the truth of the whole matter is, is that God revealed something to her she couldn't possibly know. He does this work called revelation. He shows us things that we don't know and it helps us. And I think that one of the reasons that revelation helps us is it brings us peace because when God speaks, you know that the attention of your Father in heaven is on you. Isn't it so great when you get a word in season, somebody speaks to you and says, hey, God wants you to know He's heard the prayers that you're praying. And then you realise that the whole time He's been there and what you thought you were doing alone, when you felt that you were uh, all by yourself, you suddenly look look back and realise, God, you were with me the whole time. Revelation brings peace because you realise the attention of your Father in heaven is on you. Revelation, by the way, is the same thing that King Solomon asked for when he asked for wisdom. He said, how am I supposed to govern and rule these people? I'm not sure how to do this thing. And so he says, I need special insight. I need wisdom beyond my years, beyond my age and my experience in order to lead your people. That's what we call revelation. When you get wisdom beyond your years and the ability to discern truth from error and understand where to go and where not to go, what do we call that? That's called revelation. Revelation is a thing that you need in this life to move forwards. It brings reality. And I say that because the truth is, is that oftentimes when you look at your circumstances, you've only got half the picture. You've only got half the story. And if it were revealed to you what God was really doing, then the truth would emerge. So so revelation actually brings truth and it brings reality and it provides context for your challenge. So one of the things that we always pray in this church is, God, may there be a spirit of revelation over this church so people can really see what's going on. Because if you were going through life and you could always really see what was going on, what was really behind the veil, what was really happening in your challenges and in your problems, Problem, you might decide to look at those things differently. See, revelation allows you to see a superior reality. Do you know what we call that? We call that the kingdom of God. It allows you to see a superior reality. And let me tell you something answered prayer is evidence of the superior reality. Because every time you come up against a challenge and you pray and God answers your prayer and changes your circumstances, is that not the earthly realm bowing to the realm in heaven? 
Every time you ask for breakthrough in an area and God answers your prayer and the most outrageous things happen and you think, that's crazy. There's no way that that person should be healed and they get healed. Is that not the earth bowing to the realm that's in heaven? So when you begin to pray, and this is my point, you've seen this at work in your life. You see it in pockets here and there. And I'm suggesting to you this morning that actually the more you see the reality of heaven breakthrough in your world and in your life, the more you become aware of what God is doing. So you need to pray and continue to ask God for revelation because the kingdom of God is actually veiled until God decides to reveal it. So what would be a great prayer for you? God, show me what's happening in my world right now. I know what it looks like. I know the problems that, are facing, that I'm facing right now. But if you could just reveal to me exactly what is truly going on, then you may look at your problems completely differently. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. This is what Jesus said. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. In other words, at the time when Jesus said this, He said, guess what? None of you know my Father, but if I reveal Him to you, then you'll know who He is. Because sometimes we need God to do revealing work in our life. Here's something the Apostle Paul said. He said, but when he who had set me apart before I was born, isn't that interesting that God sets people apart before they're born, that there's destiny on your life, that actually God has a plan for you. You were born into it. And it says, before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to what? Was pleased to what? To please to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Isn't it interesting that when the son is revealed to Paul, that instantly he becomes aware of his calling? You need God to reveal more of what he's doing in your life and the plans and the purposes that he has for you. We need God to reveal the truth about our problems. What we need is spiritual insight. We just call that revelation. Let me tell you what revelation is or to reveal. It means to uncover what has been veiled or covered up. It means to make known. It means to manifest, which is to make plain and to make obvious, to disclose what was previously unknown. That's what it means to reveal. And so God oftentimes needs to make known to us things that were previously unknown to us. See, this is what you need to know this morning. If you're a son or you're a daughter, which is to say simply that you have a relationship with God and you see Him as your Father in heaven. If you're a son or a daughter, you're supposed to reveal the Father now to other people. So God came and He revealed Himself to you. Now what's your role? You're supposed to reveal the Father in heaven to other people on the earth. So he reveals it to us and then we reveal it to other people. And the reason this is so important is because your response to problems, your response to challenges that come your way, your response to people that don't know him will come completely from being able to see behind the veil. You would have experienced this many times. Many times in your life. I mean, I have so many experiences where God was spoken to me about a situation or a circumstance in another person's life, what did he let me do? He just let me peek behind the veil. 
He just let me see some things were happening in another person's life. I don't have all the details, but when I come and bring a word of encouragement, it completely transforms the way that they were feeling about it because suddenly they realize I'm not doing this alone. That actually my Father who's in heaven, He sees it, He knows it, He's aware of it, and actually that He is with me. But can I tell you something this morning? You cannot reveal what you haven't seen or what you haven't heard. You can't reveal what you haven't seen or what you haven't heard. So if you're here today and you are a Christian, you may not be a Christian, but if you are a Christian, you have to be able to see it before you can reveal it. You have to be able to hear it before you can speak on God's behalf. Because I think that part of the reason that God put us on the earth is to begin to do a revealing work in the earth and show people around the earth who God is and what He's able to do. But you've got to see it first. So you've got to spend time with your Father in heaven so you can actually speak on behalf of Him. The Great Commission... The Great Commission was simply to reveal the work of salvation and the kingdom of God in the earth. That's what we're supposed to be doing. If you're here and you're a Christian, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And with this work that we do, it's such a challenge because sometimes we're called to do things that we haven't quite seen. Listen, if I was a doctor and you came to me, I would have you I would have tools that I could show you. Well, this is what I do my work with, and this is how it works. Do you understand that when you're a minister of things in heaven, when you begin to speak on God's behalf, people won't see the tools that you have. All they see is the evidence and the results when the prayers actually come to pass, when they come true. So we have to be people that move forwards and begin to speak, even when we haven't seen everything even when you, don't, you can't show everyone the answer, you move forwards in faith and reveal the answer and something in people's hearts begins to turn. Let me show you another scripture. This is what Paul said. He said that we look to the things that are seen. We're sorry, we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. How, is, is that not a challenge? Like, try to find something you can't see. Best of luck. We look to the things that are unseen. What's that? It's talking about faith. We look to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. It is so important that we understand that as people who follow Jesus, as people who follow God, we're dealing with eternal things here. And the things that are unseen are superior to the things that are seen. The things that are unseen are even weightier than the things that are seen. We are ministers of the unseen. If you're here today and you're a Christian, you are a minister of things that are unseen. And what a challenge it is. And what I'm suggesting to you today is that you need to actually spend time with God so that you can begin to see it and you can begin to hear it. And that positions you and puts you in a place where you can begin to minister from it. You have to see it first. You have to lay hold of it by faith. So let, let, let me... This is the longest introduction to a message you've ever seen. I have good news for you. The introduction doesn't take up 10% of my time. I'm, I'm like over halfway done now. But I introduced to you all of those thoughts to focus on this one scripture that I want you to look at today. Whoop, here we go. Oh, I've given it away. This is what Paul said. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God 
who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, which is to say the law, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. I introduced to you the whole idea of living from a place of revelation so that you can do the very thing that Paul is exhorting all of us to do. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to be a minister of a new covenant. So to actually, to minister actually means to attend to the needs of someone else. Wouldn't it be fantastic if all of the confidence we have to minister towards other people came through Christ towards God? Wouldn't it be great if we had people who their confidence all came from their relationship with God? We actually need to have that close and intimate relationship with God because it's from that place that we minister. It says not that we're sufficient in ourselves or claim to be, you know, really anything. We're not claiming to be anything. Our sufficiency is from God. Listen, if you're here and you're a Christian, you need to acknowledge a couple of things. That one, you've been called to be a minister of that new covenant. That's the job that you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to minister on behalf of God and begin to speak to people and bring heaven to earth in that moment. And let me tell you this, you may not have a degree you may not be, you know, you know, you can't find the piece of paper that you can stick up in your office and say, here is my permission to minister on behalf. Everything you get comes from God. Your confidence comes from God. Your reliance comes from God. Your peace about ministering comes from God. Your identity comes from God. Your security comes from God. So you don't have a degree, but you do have a decree. Actually, what God said is go out into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. So God has called you to do it. Do you know the moment, like literally, the moment that I read this passage about our sufficiency coming from God, I got a notification on Facebook and I clicked on it to see, I was tagged in something, I don't know. Anyway, I opened it up and I look at it and in my feed right there on the very first post was, our sufficiency comes from His sufficiency. I thought, God, I think you're trying to get a hold of me right now. I think you're trying to point something out to me. Our sufficiency to minister on behalf of God comes from His sufficiency. Now, let me show you this poster that you saw before. What matters most is how you see yourself. Has, who, who is familiar with this poster? Who's, who's seen this before? Only a couple of people. This poster is pretty famous. I see it posted quite frequently. In fact, if I ever go into like a, a Christian bookstore, I see that poster up. You know, it's not how the world sees you. That's not what matters most. It's how you see yourself that really matters. Can I just tell you something really honestly? I just think that's crap. I think it is. I think this is one of the worst posters I've ever seen. Do you know why I think this is one of the worst posters I have ever seen? You might feel uplifted and encouraged by what you see, but let me just unveil something to you right now. The reason I think this is so rubbish is because the truth is most people don't see themselves as lions. If it really matters most about what you see when you decide to look in the mirror, then that means to me that the most important opinion and the most weighty opinion that you have in your life is what you think of you. Can I suggest to you this morning that there is a superior opinion to even your own? 
Because the truth is, is that most people that I meet, when it comes to being ministers of the new covenant, of the new promises, when it comes to removing the veil so we can bring heaven to earth and so people can see God move in their life, most people that I meet are very insecure about doing that. And if their biggest opinion in life is what they think of themselves, is the fact that they're insecure, hey, that's not helping anyone. So you know what I really think? I think most of the time we got lions looking in the mirror and seeing cats. And that's the problem. Because the biggest opinion about you shouldn't actually come from you. Actually, that's a revelation to some of you right now. The biggest and most weighty opinion about you should come from your sufficiency that you find in Christ. So when it comes to you to be ministering on behalf of God, don't look in the mirror as a lion and see a cat staring back and say, I'm not sure if I'm able to do this. You go to the Word of God, which by the way, is a better mirror than anything you've looked in to do your hair in. And you look at the Word of God and it says, you wear the righteousness of Christ. You're called and set apart by birth. He has given you destiny. He's put stuff on you that needs to come out of you. And if you decide to listen to God's opinion about who you are, you'll see a lion staring back at you and suddenly you go, you know what? Heck, I think it's able. I feel like I'm able because your opinion doesn't come from your own insecurities. It comes from what God declares to be true about you. And that is why I think this poster is rubbish. Is that okay? Awesome. My son, Judah, he got his... uh, school photos home and uh, I, I opened the, f- the photo and I looked at him just sitting there smiling and I was so proud of him I have no idea why because apart from looking at a camera he really did nothing <laughs> he just smiled and I think he even had people help him do that I'm, lo- I'm, I'm looking at this photo and I'm thinking I am so proud of him Why am I proud? I have no idea. But when I look at him, I love him. And everything he does makes me proud. Some of you need to realize that that's the way that God looks at you. Your security should come from the fact that God loves you and not from your behavior. Because if all of our affirmation in life came from our behavior, most of the time we'd be feeling totally inadequate and completely judged by God. But as it stands... I wear the righteousness of Christ, not because of my works, but because of His grace. When He looks on you, He loves you. When have you ever been in a moment where you really needed God to break through in your life and you said, God, I pray that based on my behavior, that you will answer this prayer and I feel so good about this prayer because I know that I've earned the right to ask you to do good things. When have you ever said that? Actually, this is what you pray. God, if you love me, please help me. Because that's where your security comes from. So when you're supposed to be a ministers of a new covenant, your security comes from the fact that God loves you, not from your behavior. And if you understand what I'm saying, as you look into that mirror, you will begin to see that lion who's staring back at you. God loving you is your security. Let's read the rest of this. It says, now, if the ministry of death... If the ministry of death carved in letters of stone, what is that? That's the Ten Commandments. 
That's the law, the, the, the prophets and the law carved on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end. Will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, hello, some people are still in that place right now, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. Don't worry, I'm going to explain this in a minute. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Now, I'm reading that. If you're here today and you're a guest and you're like, I knew it. They were going to talk about stuff that I did not even understand what he was saying up there that whole time. Let me explain it to you, okay? He, what he's saying is, is that when, we received the, when Moses received the Ten Commandments, all it really did is point out people's problems, but it wasn't a solution. How, and you know, here's the saddest part. People that come to church for the first time think that's still what this is all about. It's actually just pointing out your sin when actually all we really want to do is point out God's grace. When actually what we really get, yeah, so the law, it fulfilled its role in pointing out people's sin, but Jesus came so that grace would cover all of the stuff that the sin pointed out. The law, it, that's why they called it the ministry of death because all it really did is point out to you how much you'd messed up. So when Jesus came and he died for your sins in your place, he said that the ministry of death came to an end when Jesus died. And actually what began to take over was a ministry of grace. So when it says that there is a glory that's far exceeded this glory, what it really means to say is since Jesus came and since salvation reigns, the glory that's found in that far exceeds the ministry of condemnation. If you're here today and you feel like God or church is all about pointing out your problems and your sin and your error, you're a little bit of the way there. But let me tell you the full story. Maybe that's true. And maybe you haven't lived a perfect life. First of all, you're in good company because all of us are right there with you. But here's the next part. Jesus died for that so you didn't have to feel bad. Jesus died for that. That's what that means. Now, I'm going to look at one, one more, the last part of this. It says, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. When God encountered Moses, his face lit up and it was so bright that he literally had to veil his face. And this is what they're talking about. It says, but their minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever they read the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. I really should have highlighted that. Only through Christ is the veil taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, come on, focus in right now. I know you use a lot of scriptures today, but focus in on this right now. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Not rules, not regulations, not pointing out your sin, not the ministry of death. No, there's actually freedom. And we all, with unveiled, house, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, which is the image of Christ, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I know I've read a lot of scriptures today, but here is the point of all of this. When you begin to turn to to the Lord, what does that really mean? It means repentance. If you don't know what repentance means, this is what it means. I'm facing this way. I feel God calling me. I turn to Him and I begin to go after God in the direction that He's leading me. The truth is, is that a lot of people need to just live a life of repentance. 
And what does that really mean? It means that every time you start to get distracted and you start to go off track, you hear God calling you back and you live a lifestyle that continually pursues God. Listen, if you want to hear from God, if you feel like you're going way off track, if you feel like you need help, what you really need to do is live a life that continues to go after God. I'm distracted. I'm going after God. And if you live a life that continues to turn towards God, you will have the security. You'll have the sufficiency. You'll know exactly what you're called to do. You'll be hearing from Him. You must turn towards God. It says that the ministry of death had glory so bright that Moses had to veil his face. But the ministry that we have today is so much better. The ministry that Christians have today is so much better because the Spirit lives in us and it's grace. It's unfading. It's never ending. It's eternal. And what we're supposed to be ministering into people's life is not law. It's not condemnation. It's grace. It's forgiveness. It's God at work in you. And if you're able to see with eyes unveiled, this truth becomes reality to you. How many times do you tell people about Jesus and over and over again, they just don't get it. And then all All of a sudden, in one moment, they say, I believe. Do you know what that is? It's revelation. It's happening all the time. And people don't even realize it's happening to them. They wake up one day and they suddenly believe because it was revealed to them. I believe that what God wants to do is a reveal a revealing work in the lives of people in this church. And you know what? Hey, if you're a guest today and you think that I'm just speaking to this church, I'm not. God wants to do a revealing work in your life as well. This is what you need to do. You've got to see it first before you can begin to reveal it to other people. Peter said, what I have, I give to you. So my question really simply to you is, what do you really see? What do you see that you can begin to give to other people? And if if, if you're saying, oh, I don't really feel like I'm seeing anything, maybe what you really need is to keep turning towards God And you need the spirit of revelation to begin to unveil your eyes so you can see everything that God is wanting to show you. The key is as we turn, the key is repentance. The key is to keep turning towards him, to keep going after him. Because the ministry that we have is anchored in our revelation of who Jesus is. Everything we do comes from our revelation of who Jesus is. So you need to behold that before you can actually move forwards and begin to minister into anyone else's life. This is what the last part of that passage says. It says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There is supposed to be freedom. Where the Spirit of God is, there's supposed to be freedom. And when Jesus uh, was most famous for saying that, in Luke chapter 4, he quoted this passage in Isaiah. He said, this is the verse that he was quoting, the year of the Lord's favor. He said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is the freedom that God wants to bring into the lives of so many people. And you know, the thing is, is that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're actually already there. Because the truth is, I've seen so many lions looking at themselves as cats. The truth is, there are so many people that live this Christian life with eyes still veiled. But actually, where God is, there's meant to be freedom. There's actually meant to be freedom from your own thoughts. 
If you're a person who's continually being attacked by your own thoughts of worthlessness or, or, or you, know, you, you know, if depression has tried to rule and reign over your life or self-condemnation, you're always getting down on yourself, always telling yourself you need to, you need to be you know, doing better. I'm telling you, life, you're doing it wrong. You're supposed to get all your affirmation from God. That's where your security comes from. It's where your identity is found. And you've got to keep looking to Him and turning towards Him so that you can actually have that. Wherever you go, you become a revealer of the things that God wants to do in other people's lives. But you've got to see it first. How am I going to reveal anything that I don't know is there? What I have, I give to you. I've got to have it to give it away. I've got to have the revelation to get it. And there are people all over this place today that actually still need a revelation of that spirit of freedom. Because the truth is, is that there are plenty of people that I find that have accepted Christ many, many years ago, but they still live poor in spirit. There's still many people that, that, that are brokenhearted, that are trapped, that still find themselves in bondage, even mentally speaking, that they can't break out of their thoughts. It's like you just always return to the same place. You can't break free of that thought that keeps dogging you, that keeps getting down on you, that keeps trying to press you down. You can't get through it. I meet people like that all the time. And what we're supposed to do is say, you know what? I'm going to pronounce over you a year of the Lord's favour in your life. And I'm going to pronounce it not just this year, but every year. Because you know what? Since the Spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives in you, you have a reason to believe every year that favour should be on your life. In fact, let me say this. The fact that you've been justified by God means that you wear the righteousness of Christ. It means when you pray, He looks down upon you with favour. That's freedom. That's the life that you're supposed to live. That's the life that God wants to bring to you. And I feel like today, we just need that spirit of freedom to begin to go out from this place and to begin to rule and reign in people's lives. And here's, the, here's my whole point. I'm talking about it. And some of you are hearing me, but some of you are hearing God at the same time because God's revealing something to you about where you are in life right now. And if you are that person who does feel trapped, who always feels in bondage, who always feels condemned by the wrong things that they do, I'm telling you right now, you don't have the revelation of the things that I'm talking about. And what I would love to see more than anything else is that spirit of freedom to begin to rule and reign over your life. I'd like to see grace come from out of this place and position people before God so they know that when they pray, they're always in a position and a place of favour. That's something that God did to us. He put us in that place. And when you minister to other people, when you speak on God's behalf, what you're really doing is you're pulling back the curtains of stuff that you've seen for yourself and you're saying, this is what God's going to do for you. What good is it to have ministers that don't see the very things that God wants to do with them? What good is it if we're supposed to be ministering a new covenant, but we can't see it ourselves? And if you feel condemned by that, you are missing everything. Because actually what God wants to do is bring revelation and He wants to bring freedom. Can we stand to our feet together? Jesus is well known for saying, He who has eyes, let him see. Well, everyone's got eyes. He wasn't talking to physically blind people. He was talking to spiritually blind people. Jesus is well documented as saying, He who has ears, let him hear. He wasn't talking to deaf people. He's talking to spiritually deaf people. 
And I feel like even today, there are people that you, you just haven't seen God do anything in your life for a long time. You haven't even heard Him. When we speak about hearing from God to you, that sounds outrageous. The idea that God would come and begin to speak to you. You haven't heard Him in years. You, you, would, you hope to see and you hope to hear, but it's just not where you are right now. And this is what I felt God say to me about this morning. He said, I want you to pray and open up the place so that I can begin to move and speak. Because whatever I say to you may fall to the ground. But let me tell you something. When God actually decides to speak to you, it won't leave you. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.